Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome to Real Film Nerds, episode number 299. Mike, can you believe it? We're almost there. We're almost to 300. Man, that's crazy. 300. What have we done with our lives? Obviously, way too much recording. I mean, sit down and just do the math. It's ridiculous. And that's not even counting the episodes that are longer than a half hour, which most of them are now. But anyways, I digress. Mike, today it's your pick. We picked a film. It's a remake of a remake of a remake based on a book. Not remake, original based on a book. There we go. All Quiet on the Western Front. It is a Netflix original, but can it really be considered a Netflix original when it's classic literature about World War One? Uh, I don't know, man. I th- I, th- I think it can be, but uh, I think in some ways this is reintroducing World War One uh, to a younger audience. And uh, Matt, can you believe it's been over a hundred years since World War One? It's hard to believe. Yeah, I was actually discussing it with uh, one of my friends today on my drive back from the radio station. And he was trying to, he's like, no, there must be some people living from World War One. And I'm like, no, because even if you went into World War One at like the youngest age, like say you were 17 or 15, at this point in time, you would be probably close to 135. And not a whole lot of people make it that long. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. I, 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 I doubt anyone would be alive. I, I think we're just about to have all of our World War II veterans uh, uh, pass away. It's, it's very close. There's not a lot left. Yeah, they are, they are passing in mass. Uh, I know my grandfather who uh, fought in World War II or flew in World War II, shall I say. I mean, he fought too, just not on the ground. Uh, he passed away several years ago at the age of 85, and that was uh, 2004, 5, 6, somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly. I tend to black out dates on traumatic event kind of stuff like that. I loved my grandpa dearly. But anyways, we're not here to talk about World War II. We're here to talk about World War One, the movie All Quiet on the Western Front. Mike, this was a great pick. Let's go ahead. Why don't you give us the rundown as best as you can? Because it's for those of you who do not know yet, we haven't got into it too much. All Quiet on the Western Front, this version is a German film and it's all German actors for the most part. And so it's very German names. (laughs) Ready, Mike? You can do it. All right. Thanks, Matt, for the precursor, because uh, I'm already apologizing also in advance. But uh, this is directed by Edward uh, Berger. Uh, this was written by Edward Berger, Leslie Patterson, Ian uh, Stockel, and Eric Maria Remark is the original uh, writer of the book All Quiet on the Western Front, which I read in high school. And uh, Matt did not, but uh, I, I no, read it. No, I read it in it. high school. Oh, did you? Yeah, this is one I read in high school. The one I didn't read in high school, we talked about it last week, was Catcher in the Rye. Ah, that's You the read one. Catcher in the Rye. I read the other one, uh, Animal Farm. Okay, yep. All right. Um, this movie is starring uh, Felix uh, Kammerer, 
uh, Albrecht Schulk, uh, Eden uh, Hazenvik, and Daniel Brühl. And this movie is about a young German soldier's terrifying experiences in distress on the Western Front during World War One. Okay, Mike, so I'm sure we're going to talk about the film, the book, the other films, because uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. I watched one of the films in high school after we read the book. I think it was the 79 version. I don't remember. It's been over 20 years. It was one of them. I don't think it was the 1930s version. Anyways, for those of you who do not know, All Quiet in the, on the Western Front was written in 1929. It came out in January. It was such a big hit. Within a year, they had a film of it in 1930. Um, just absolutely incredible that they cranked it out that fast. That's how good of a novel this is. That's why we're still reading it today, 100 years later in schools. Um it is propaganda. It is not a true story. It is based on the author's real-life experiences in World War I, being a German soldier and being on the Western Front. But it is not like based – it's not like an autobiography or a biography. Like it's snippets of his life. It's not, you know, this person is not real. Like the main character is not real. There are characters in the film that are real, like – um played by uh daniel Bruhl, the uh his name is uh matthias erzberger he's a real person he really did sign the treaty and everything that happened between germany and france and you know the allies and anyways we'll keep going mike first impressions this film what do you think uh man i i really really liked it i thought it was very well done I said it on the radio, uh, and I stand by it. Um, I think this is probably one of the best war movies ever made since Saving Private Ryan. Wow, man. Wow. There's a lot of really, really great film war movies that have been made in that stretch, but nothing has impacted me as hard as Saving Private Ryan as this film has. I mean, it's just through and through gut-wrenching i mean it's propaganda it's you know anti-war propaganda and they i i don't know if there's ever been a world war one film this realistic ever it was very very good um i uh i don't know man like it was it was it was intense from the beginning um there's there's these little cutscenes in it that I really liked of trees. Um, I, I, I don't know that I, I, I saw in the movie, but it just has this intensity to it and it just keeps going. Uh, I watched this movie, Matt, like we talked about last week. Uh, I did watch the movie in German and uh, uh, subtitles English. Uh, how, did, how did you uh, end up watching this? Mike, I did the exact same thing. It was two hours and I think 45 minutes of reading. But uh, I think listening to it in its native tongue, native language, is a lot more meaningful than having it dubbed because the dubbing probably would have driven me nuts. I'm sure it's pretty good, especially to today's standards. But when it doesn't match up, it just kind of drives me nuts. Um, Ma Hinshaw cannot read subtitles, so she listens listened to it dubbed um she didn't have any complaints she enjoyed the film very very much as well 
no, it it was. I don't know. It was extremely realistic, um, Matt. Uh, on on the story wise, I I think the depth to this story is is just amazing. Uh, I'm trying to think of something recent and and kind of crazy. We we actually have a recent na- uh, World War One movie that we watched, uh, nineteen seventeen. Uh, but I feel like this was more uh all inclusive story. I don't know. I feel like you got more out of out of this movie uh for the characters. Um and nineteen seventeen was awesome as well, but I don't know. I just feel like the development bet- of of our characters was better. I, I really, really enjoyed nineteen seventeen. It's a very, very, very well done film, but I think calling it 1917 is probably not the best title for that film because it takes place on one specific thing that happens, you know, in multiple different angles. All Quiet on the Western Front, I think, would be more appropriate named after a year because it spans a much longer time period. The 1917 is not. It's more based on the British as a whole at one area trying to get off the beach in France where this is not <laughs> oh yeah. hold on i'm getting it mixed up with with a different movie ah sorry oh are you getting it mixed up with uh the uh the uh um the world war ii movie yes i'm getting it mixed up with the world war ii movie gosh dang it ah oh man too Matt many needs war some movies. sleep matt needs some sleep i need some sleep i i do i did not sleep I think I slept four or five hours last night. So, but yes, no, 1917 was a very good movie. That's a, that one I think is more of almost like a buddy film in a lot of ways. Um, it does span a little bit longer, but you only really get trench warfare in that movie at like the very end. This, you get trench, trench warfare from the beginning to the end. And that's really kind of what World War One was. I mean, they, I like the addition of the, airplanes in 1917 that was really cool but if i had to pick between either one uh, dude i think all quiet on the western front is a much better film all around yeah yeah i i i think it it, it does span more time like uh there's some there's some time there with uh the different soldiers and and uh some of the bonding stuff that goes on and and then trench warfare oh this is this has really got it. I mean, as the movie states in the end, you know, the Western Front moved inches. Uh, it, it was, uh, you know, during the whole time of the war, it it only changed by meters. Um, it was uh, pretty crazy, and uh, I th- I feel like they really captured it in this and. Uh, it's it's devastating and it was i i don't know it, it this movie was shot really well with the different uh i don't know like the different angles and 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 just the use of like the environment of you know uh, mud and different things i i don't know man i i really felt the intensity of when they they're you know either getting attacked in the trench or running into the, like, I, I don't know, charging, like 
It 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 was uh it was intense, man. This is a very intense movie. Man, I still feel like an idiot getting it mixed up with that Christopher Nolan film. Ugh. Yeah, no, 1917 was really good. Uh, I don't think it's too below All Quiet on the Western Front if in case I'm making it sound like it's nowhere near as good. They're both very good films. They're they're both very highly rated films. Let's I'll just put it that way. Um I knew right off the bat the cinematography in this film was something special. Our opening scene, Mike, if you remember, it's a battle, it's trench warfare. You start out really high altitude, seeing this giant, giant battlefield, and it just brings you down and brings you down into the trench as you follow the the first guy up and out of the trench, and you start meeting the characters. I mean, it shows you how huge it is down to personalize like right in the first shot of the film. And right there I knew, you know, this cinematographer and director, they did it right. They this is something special and it didn't disappoint. The lighting from then on, the choice of angles, the choice of lenses, I mean, the cinematography is just it's amazing. It really is very very good on this. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um I'll save this for the spoilers, but I only have one complaint. So. Okay. I'll I'll save it for okay. the spoilers. We'll wait. We'll wait. I uh, have I have one complaint as well, but it's not a big deal. I don't know. We'll see. We'll compare. All right, man. Well, uh, to get to that, why don't I ask you, man? What are you drinking this fine evening, morning, afternoon? <sighs> well, Mike, I still have a few of these left in my fridge. It's the uh, Four Peaks uh, Suns Brew because it is basketball season. And so I'm drinking a Suns beer from my favorite brewery, Four Peaks. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, I am drinking a uh, little something-something from uh, Lagunitas. It's an IPA. I'm back, man. Out of pumpkin beers. Mark the date. He didn't even get it all the way to Thanksgiving. He got it to the eve of Thanksgiving, but no Thanksgiving. Yeah, I got it close to Thanksgiving. Well, Mike, do you want me to go and find you a pumpkin beer and mail it to you? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. All right. I'm on it. I'm on it. Speaking of that, we did announce our uh, winners for the Top Gun Maverick uh, Blu-ray giveaway. So it, for those of you who entered and did not get an email, sorry. Wah, wah. But those of you who won, you know you won. You've communicated with me. Congratulations. They're going to be put in the mail here soon, hopefully. Okay, Mike. Let's move on to your favorite section. Okay, let's do it. What is this week's dad joke? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand, though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh, though. Dad jokes. All right, Matt. How do trees get on the internet? They get printed out? They log on. Oh, he said log. <laughs> That one wasn't too bad. Nah, it was lame. It was it was lame, but it's okay. We'll let it slide. We, I, I see. Now I'm speaking as there's two of me. I mean, I'm the size of two people, so I guess that counts. All right, Mike. This is an easy one. He's in the trailer. He's in the film. Real easy. But Mike, how does All Quiet on the Western Front, 2022, relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe?
right, Matt. Uh, I was a little worried about this movie, being that it's an all-German movie and everything. But, uh, you know, quickly my uh, fears were uh, subdued when I saw Daniel uh, Bruhl in this. And uh, Daniel Bruhl was in uh, uh, Captain America Civil War as Zemo. And he was also in The Falcon, The Winter Soldier. so he he's a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe character. So he is a villain known as Baron von Zemo. Ah, yes, Baron von Zemo. But it's okay, Mike. And he's supposed to be a big deal. He finally put on his hood in the uh, uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier uh, TV show, which was exciting. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I I don't know if that was awesome or not, but uh, yes, I I mean I like the show. Well, but that's that's what Baron Zemo does. You hardly ever see his face. He always has on his purple hood. Oh, okay. Well, that's then, okay. Great. You're great, not a great, super good. nerd, Mike. You're just a nerd. Yeah. Not a super yeah, yeah, nerd. I understand. Yeah. Good. I'll let it slide. Okay, so we're in the spoiler section. I don't know how you spoil a book that's over a hundred years old. Um, we'll start out with complaints. I'll just go ahead and start out like right off the bat. I only have one thing. And it's not a big deal. It's not, I mean, it's very accurate to the book, but not completely. Um, At the very end in the book, our main character, huge spoiler, huge spoiler. Our main character um, passes in the book about 30 days before the end of the war. In the movie, he passes about three minutes before the end of the war. Now, the director and everyone says that they did that for dramatic effect because it's a film. And it works. But that's, you know, that's one of several examples where the writing differs. But again, they're adapting a so many hundreds page book into a two hour and 40, 45 minute long movie. So 45 or is it 35? I think it was 45, yeah. No, it's two hours and 28 minutes. I was wrong. Oh, oh two hours, 28. All right. Yeah. Anyways, over two hour long film. Two hours and 28 minutes. Okay, Mike, what's your complaint? Ready, set, Mike. All right, Matt. So my complaint is... I don't know. I I don't think it's a strange one, but like, I wanted to see this in the theater. Oh hell yeah! Oh, I for think sure. it would have been. Uh, so this movie is extremely impactful and awesome, and I watched it in the best quality I could. But I think it would have been better in the theater. Oh hell yeah, dude! I I would have wanted to see this in the theater all day long. Uh, and it was released in the theater, but extremely limited release, which you know what that means. They released it in New York and L.A. for like a week just so they could get it Oscar nominated. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what they do, The just the New York and L.A. thing for the Oscars. Yeah, I, I wish I could see it. You know, they might have it down in Phoenix, but this would be an incredible film to see in the theater. And honestly, if I saw it in the theater, it probably would adjust my rating. I'm just putting it out there. Well, well. Uh, another thing is, now, it has been a long, long time since I read the book. But I feel like there was a little bit more with the gas stuff, and they kind of glanced over some of that stuff in this. I mean, but that's okay. I think that might have been a directorial decision as well. Um, I know they did film quite a few scenes with the gas stuff because I watched a behind-the-scenes featurette that was on the old YouTubes. And it had, um, you know, when they talk and they're interviewing them and then they're showing cutscenes and stuff, they had them doing other scenes with gas, but you don't see them in the film. 
So I think it was maybe a directorial choice or maybe they couldn't convey the gas well enough visually. I don't know. But yeah, that's another thing from the book. There was a hell of a lot more gas situations. And that's one of the reasons why gas is very, very outlawed in the entire world is because how horrible it is and how easy it is to wipe out thousands, if not millions of people with the blink of an eye with gas. It's horrible stuff. And it all stems from this war. Yeah, no, the, the nerve gas, the mustard gas that they used uh, during World War One was so awful that <laughs> we we came up with rules that say you can't use it in war, uh, which is crazy, uh, kind of, when you think about it, because um, war is, yeah, I, I don't know, man, it's just weird, but uh, they did it, and uh, I think only... I think of of recent uh, history, only uh, Syria has uh, been accused of uh, and, and probably has used gas on people. They accused people in Iraq, and I think they showed some proof. And then uh, they claim Russia, but I, I don't think there's been any proof of Russia. I know Russia keeps saying they're going to do it now, but um, yeah, so that's one thing that resulted from world war one was the uh geneva conventions yeah <laughs> which is interesting because how do you put rules on war but they did and it's war i mean it's you're it's horrible you're killing people in the name of a country you know I, yeah no it it's weird man it's it's it seems like an odd thing to be like well you can do this but not that right like um uh, rounds you're using your guns you're supposed to use specific types of grounds rounds that you fire at the enemy so that they have a better chance of being having the wound healed like you're not supposed to use um oh like hollow hollow points point yeah you're supposed to use uh, just normal rounds so they go you know through and through you're still shooting a gun at someone god damn it <laughs> with the intention of killing them you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess, Matt, since we're in the spoiler scenes, one scene that was very impactful for me was the kind of montage of uh, taking the bodies, taking their uniforms, and then sewing the holes, and then putting it back together, and then reissuing it. Yeah, that was horrible. And I can explain a lot of that. I am a student of history. I've loved history my whole life. I've read a few books on World War One, not a ton. I mostly studied World War Two in Vietnam. But I've listened to quite a bit of stuff and studied a bunch of stuff on World War One. So um, as the war kept progressing, Germany is very landlocked in a lot of ways. They have some access to the ocean, but it's mostly landlocked. And so they were running out of supplies in general across the board. And this film conveys that right from the start. They didn't have uniforms. They didn't have enough uniforms. And they literally were taking them off of dead bodies, cleaning them up, and throwing them back on soldiers and sending them out there. The food situation was very, very true like that, too. I don't know if the French really had that much food, but the French and the other side, the uh, uh, was it the Triple Entente or the, the Triple uh, I don't remember. I don't. I get the two mixed up. 
Um, anyways, they had plenty of food and plenty of supplies. Like their soldiers weren't starving. They were doing great, but they weren't starving. Literally the German army was starving to death because they couldn't get supplies, especially towards the end of the war. And they convey that very well. There's that one scene where they're in the trenches and they get into the French trench and there's just food everywhere and they just go to town. They did, and and I I even applaud the actors because in the beginning the actors are 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 more uh, you know, I guess well fed, and then as the movie progresses, it definitely looks like our main stars are losing weight, like, and I I don't know as some of it I think could be makeup, but it, it did seem like they got thinner. The actors were very dedicated in the behind the scenes I was watching. They wanted to make sure and represent their, you know, ancestors well and right and correctly. Um, it's it's fascinating because the main character spent six months training and studying World War II. Uh, he would go on a ten kilometer uh, run every day with a like thirty pound pack on him to get used to the weight so when he was running and doing all that stuff it looked natural like that's how dedicated these actors were to making this film right well that's that's i mean that's great i mean it it, man it came off like i felt like these guys were soldiers um the one guy you know he's um half blind one of his eyes is completely gone and the other one it works fine he had a contact that he had to put in that would cover up his eye, you know, make it look white like that. And he said when he would put that in, it was like he was blind because he could not see out of his, uh, I think it was his left eye. And so he's like, people would have to help me, especially if we were shooting at night so that I didn't fall and like break something because I literally couldn't see. Like that's how dedicated these guys were. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, uh, I don't know, man, this, this was an awesome movie. Uh, I'm, I didn't know how good it was going to be or how good it wasn't going to be, but man, I think this movie was really, really well done. And I hope, I hope, uh, the people that made this movie get some recognition. I, I don't know if they will or not, but this is awesome. I don't, they haven't announced the Academy Awards nom- official nominations yet, but I know for a fact that Germany as a country has submitted this film as their representation in the international award for the Academy Awards. This is Germany's film. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, uh, it was really interesting. And then the, the general, the German general, um, it was kind of crazy when he was just like, I'm just going to, we're, we're, you know, I, I do war, so we're going to go back out there and we're going to try and take him out until it's over, over. And that's one of the points that's from the book as well about the, uh, propaganda. Here's this general that he doesn't give a shit that he's sending thousands of lives to their death that literally are going to be wasted because they've already signed off that they have given up. And they're dying for literally no reason whatsoever, including our main character. Yeah. No, it was just, wow. And that's wow. one thing that's interesting, too, about World War One. One of the most hotly debated, unanswered questions, or, I mean, people answer it in many different ways, is uh, the true start of World War One. Like, what 
caused it. And there's about four or five things that are the main root causes. And it's, it's interesting that, uh, it ever even happened. And I was talking about it, um, uh, with my mom actually, cause my mom is a big history buff as well. If world war one never would have happened, we obviously never would have had world war two, but Hitler never would have come to power and never would have been who he was. The whole reason why Hitler ever went as far as he did was because of the results of world war one. I. I mean, the German people were starving and were barely existing as a country after this war. Yeah, they were they were decimated, and uh, uh, he was when he started to become to power. He he, uh, you know, helped them prosper and and whatever. And yeah, no, uh, definitely interesting. Yeah, for sure. He literally saw the the a lot of the general German populace saw him as a savior because they were their economy grew. They were building machines. They were building their army. They were building, rebuilding buildings better than they ever were. They had food. I mean, he did the right thing to gain power, as horrible as that sounds. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. The The thing that I had forgotten until I watched this movie, uh, and it's just probably just because it's been a long time, was the amount of people that died in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, it's crazy. And even more people died in World War II. That's just crazy, dude. But it still it still floors me when you look at the population of Earth <laughs> and how much our population has continued to grow despite these really just insanely gruesome wars. I guess I guess that's true, but uh I think we just hit some milestone. Eight billion people or yep. something? I don't know. Eight billion people. The most people that have ever existed, obviously. Anyways, all right, all right, Mike. We'll we'll all get right, back right, on right, topic. I, I digress. I don't want to take you off of it, but uh, okay. So, what else do you want to add before we start talking about what we're doing next week? Um, I I I I want to encourage the listeners to to uh, watch this movie. Although it is you know nothing nothing happy about this movie, but it's such a piece of history that I. I I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about it is a uh, very uh, valid and uh, just kind of cra- crazy uh, story to watch. And, and I don't know. I, I want everybody to watch this movie. Who can stomach it? Yeah, who can stomach it? It's, it's, it's brutal. It is very brutal. Yeah, this is a must-watch film. It is not easy to watch. It is gruesome. It is graphic. It is violent. It is gut-wrenching. It's sad. It's depressing. And that's the point. That was the point of the novel. That was the point of the films. That is the point of this, is that it's supposed to be so horrible that people don't want to go to war anymore. And obviously, it hasn't worked. Yeah. Yep. We've we've had a lot of wars since 1930 and 1929. We have. We have. But yes, if you can do it, I don't recommend kids watch it. Hell no. But if you can do it, I recommend everyone check this film out. Definitely. It is absolutely just amazing. So, all right, Mike. So next week, episode number 300, you were the one that came up with the idea. So I'll let you talk about it. All right, Matt. So for 300, we're going to watch the movie. 300. Woo! Yeah. Whoa. uh, we, We are, man, we are deep thinkers here. 
we 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 really we we ponder things and we felt that no one would have saw this coming <laughs> so we were just like bam gotcha well lisa the radio host that i work with on mondays is very disappointed because there are a lot of christmas movies that came out this week that she really wanted to hear about specifically one on uh apple tv plus that i i'm 50 50 on I don't know if I'll ever watch it because it's a freaking musical, but it does star some of my favorite people ever. So we might have to get to that one in the future. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff coming out just because it tis the season. It seems like um, we have summer movie season and we have Christmas break movie season, and it starts Thanksgiving weekend. And so here they come. We're starting to get a few in the theaters. I'm excited. But 300, we got to do it, Mike, and we're doing a giveaway. You're going to have to listen to episode 300 to find out what it is and how to enter, but uh, it's a good one. I think it's a good one. Mike, you think it's a good one? Dude, I think it's a wonderful one, man. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it, Matt. Yeah, I'll put it this way. There's only one because Mike and I are taking money out of our pockets to buy this for you and send it to whoever our lucky winner is. So make sure and enter. It's going to be completely random. We're going to use a random number generator like we always do. Whoever wins, wins. All right? So next week, 300. Mike, all quiet on the Western front. How perfect did you rate this film? Um, Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it four and a half stars. Stars? Or reels. Reels. Whoa! Sorry. Okay, Mike, I give it four and a half as well. Just because of the handful of inaccuracies with the writing, uh, would have liked to see some more of the gas as you were talking about, and also, you know, just the other things that could have been tweaked. But, and I wanted to see it in the theater. I think if I had seen it in the theater, it'd be a five. Like, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, I, I, I think if I saw it in the theater, it'd be a five too. Man, it was, it's so great. Um, ah, it's so great. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I, if I see, you know, over this Thanksgiving break, which I don't really take, um, it anywhere, you know, when I'm down visiting my sister down in Phoenix for Thanksgiving, I think I'm gonna try and go see this in the theaters if they have it. Yeah, man, it it would be amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. So, all right, well, kiddos, I think that's it. Uh. You know, I'm going to let Mike do his thing before he falls asleep on his keyboard because we're recording really late compared to when we usually do. So, Mike, ready, set, Mike. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure to follow us on Metaverse, sometimes known as Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and, uh, you know, go out there, watch a movie, stream a movie. Go, you know, go to the theater if you can, um, maybe uh, during your uh, Thanksgiving break when your family, you've had enough of your family, go watch a movie. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and catch you on the next pod. Episode 300, reviewing the movie 300. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie. You okay? Can you breathe now? Are you all right? You're going to make <laughs> I it. So. I think so. You're sure? I think so. Okay. If not, you take over. Oh, I can't handle that kind of pressure. <laughs> Matt Hinshaw in studio with me this morning on Magic 99.1 to talk about the new old movie, All Quiet on the Western Front. 
That was, makes sense, right? Sure. Yeah. Now that you have explained it to me, it makes a several lot more times. sense. Several yep. times. I had to explain it several times. It's kind of like a remake. I mean, it's an old book. It was made into a movie, and now there's a new movie about it. Yes. With new actors. Same storyline, though, I'm assuming. No, Altered. Altered. Uh, altered from the book as well. Can they do that and not change the title? Yeah, they're not massive. All I mean, one of them's kind of big, but they're not like extreme. Like the story is still basically the same. Okay, okay. But there's just it's more of a, a timeline thing. Like it's not like they eliminated the main character or something like that. They just adjusted their timeline to make it more dramatic for the film. Oh, good. So they didn't How's stick that? a superhero in there or anything like that. Uh, no, Superman does not come in and stop World War One. Okay. Nope. Good. No. Thank God. Okay. So what did you think of the movie? Had, did you see the first one? Uh, yes, but it's been over 20 years. Yeah. I watched it in school. I did too. Okay. So, yes, it was very good. Yes, it was very good. The new the yes. new one was. Much better. Granted, it's been quite a long time. Right. Uh, technology has come dramatically. Uh, the goal of making it as realistic as possible is a lot easier now. Sure. And uh, I think 90% of this film is practical effects, though, still. Really? And it's uh, it's good. It's yeah. really good. Okay. Not for the faint of heart, though. No bloody gory. I mean, the story, of course, yes. is not well, for the so, faint of heart. Yeah. So All Quiet on the Western Front is intended to be an anti-war a uh, book novelization, whatever it's based the author's. It's based on the author's real life experiences. It's not based on a true story, but his experiences because he was in World War One and he wrote the book literally like after he was out. Okay, and um, it's. I don't want to say it's propaganda, but it's trying to show you how bad it really, really, really is, and why we should never have had war, especially a world war. Okay. And yeah. he failed miserably. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> well, we had World War Two, didn't we? Well, well yes. Yes, we did. We did. But have... luckily we haven't had trench warfare since, so that's yeah. good. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's gruesome. It's horrifying. It's tough to watch. And that's all on purpose. Okay. Very good. How many reels out of five I, are you giving it? I loved it. I haven't seen a war movie this good since uh, I want to say probably Saving Private Ryan. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it's four and a half. Four and a half yeah. reels. Very good. Let's put in a call to your ma and see what she uh, thinks. Alrighty, let's do it. It's coming up on the other side on Magic 99.1. Hallelujah. Good morning, Ma Hinshaw on Magic 99.1. How are you? Woohoo. Oh, I'm fine. I'm great. I mean, I'm good. There. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, your son Matt is here with me. Say hi to your mother, Matt. Hello, Mommy. Hi, dear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're talking about All Quiet on the Western Front. What did you think? I've read the book way long ago, and I've seen the old movie. Right. Really old movie. <laughs> right. And I thought this was really fabulous. I thought they did a tremendous job. Okay. Really wonderful. I would recommend it to anyone because it really depicts what it was like <clears throat> to uh, fight that war. And my grandfather fought in that war. Oh, wow. In Romania in whatever, 1918. And uh, actually, he died of his wounds. He did. Uh, later on, yeah. But it really shows. It was so horrible. I don't know how those men dealt with it. It, it was very, very, very good. 
Oh, wow. Okay. How many cookies are you going to give it? Ooh, I'll give it five. Five cookies. Matt gave it four and a half reels. So you guys are on the same page. It looks like 93% of Google users liked the movie. So yeah, what a great recommendation. I think we should all watch it. Not only because um, it's a part of history, but it was well done. Yeah. Maybe not on Thanksgiving with the family. Okay, not with the fam. But- you know, no. <laughs> I mean, it. you know, the my co-host picked it because we just had Veterans Day right. all, slash Armistice Day, which a lot of people, if you don't know it, that was the end of World War One. So. Right. Good reason to watch that movie. Yep. Wonderful. Ma, thanks for checking in with us this morning. On Magic 99.1. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, sweetie. <laughs> Have a great day. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> so are you going to watch something a little lighter for next week? Oh, heck no. Come on. So we have a special <gasps> podcast for next week. What? So it is our 300th episode. Holy smokes. 300 podcasts. Yeah. And we're doing a, a giveaway. Uh, we're paying for it for ourselves. It's not from a movie studio. Okay. We're giving away a box set of three movies. Wow. I'm not going to say what. You have to find out by listening to the pod. Okay, but, guys. Um, our review is going to be in honor of 300. 300. Oh, Okay. Is it the movie 300? Mm-hmm. Ah, very good. I did see that movie. You did see that I movie. All that right. One. We can yeah. talk about we that one. We can chat about that one. Yeah. All right. Very good. You guys, check out the podcast. It's called The Real Film Nerds. You can get it wherever you catch your podcasts. Maddie, thanks for coming in. No, thank you, Lisa. You're, you're welcome.